In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. We give thanks today for our God is generous and full of compassion. The annual Harvest Supper will not be held this fall. However, the committee is planning an alternate drive through bake and soup sale on Sunday, October 25th. There are order forms that are available and they will be sent out in the October newsletter. Also, uh, please stay tuned then for more information that you'll find in your newsletter coming out at the end of the month. And thank you in advance for your help with this and your support of the bake and soup sale this fall. We're now in the season of the church year that focuses on the mission Christ calls us to empowered by the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost. And we hear the Spirit's call to live our lives centered in the grace of God. One thing we learn about God from the Bible in the Bible readings today is that God is not into playing counting games. When we think about it, we realize how our relationships are hurt when we start counting mistakes of others or ways that others around us are falling short. Trust becomes lost. Any attempt by us to keep score is really undercut by the grace of God as we hear in our scripture readings today. Grace, which is a free gift, undeserved. Before we hear the scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. Almighty and eternal God, you show perpetual loving kindness to us, your servants, because we cannot rely on our own abilities. Grant us your merciful judgment and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading today comes from Philippians chapter 1. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Here ends the reading. Our gospel reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 20. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. 
And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. He said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the heat of the day, the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the gospel of the Lord. We have just heard a stunning kingdom parable about God's generosity. Stunning because it goes against normal expectation of what is fair, especially fair compensation. Stunning also because it will certainly offend those who believe God gives people only what they deserve. At the end of the parable, there is a lot of grumbling and complaining. People who worked only one hour were rewarded by the landowner with the same full day wage as those who worked all day. That did not go over well with those who bore the heat of the day, grumbling, rumbling, but the landowner is steadfast I choose to give the same. Are you envious because I'm generous, he asks the grumbling workers. A couple of summers ago, I returned to my hometown of Sand Creek and my home church, New Hope Lutheran Church, for a funeral of a classmate of mine. On the way there, since I was a little early, I drove north of State Highway 64 on 850th Street, crossed the creek and wetlands, and then turned west at the Grove of Pine Trees on 1325th Avenue. As I continued on 1325th Avenue, a township road between Sand Creek and Ridgeland, I passed several farms in the valley and along the road and then came around the bend on the hillside and drove off the road on the field head path and stopped the car. It was one of the fields where I first learned to drive tractor for a farmer who wanted to hire me to work for him in the summer after my freshman year in high school. Actually, the truth is, I wanted to work for Clayton, and I was hoping I could learn to drive tractor well enough to pass the tractor driving test in Menominee. Well enough also that he would want to hire me, since he was the person who taught me to drive tractor. I was a town kid, and I had never had a summer job, and I had not been around a dairy farm, much less driven a tractor. In this way, my story has a parallel with Jesus' parable about the landowner, because if we really listen to the parable Jesus tells, it is not about a landowner who needs help from others as much as it is about a landowner 
who helps others. Listen to the beginning of the parable again. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out and early in the morning hired laborers for his vineyard. And he went out again about nine o'clock, saw others standing idle in the marketplace, hired them. And he went out again at noon, three o'clock and five o'clock. And each time he hired more laborers. As the parable is told, we don't know if these laborers are skilled or not, if they know what they're actually going to do or how to do it when they get to the vineyard. Maybe this landowner hiring all these laborers for his vineyard is a little like Bill Gates showing up here one day and hiring all of us to write computer programs. Who is helping who? This landowner is bent on hiring people, helping them, finding them work and purpose. I walked out onto that field where I had learned to drive tractor, where I learned the difference between a clutch and a brake and what it meant to have and use two different brake pedals. As I stood in that field looking back on those early years, I realized how many good things had come to me, how many good things were given to me that helped me, not only in my young life, but also throughout my life. At the funeral, a little later after I was in that field, I saw people who had nurtured my faith in God, people who had been patient with me, people who had encouraged me, people who had forgiven me, people who had loved me. The Bible verse that came to mind for me was from 1 Corinthians. What do you have that you did not receive? How easy it is to forget over the course of our lives that every good thing comes to us as a gift, a gracious gift from God. God was not under obligation to bring me or you into this world, nor was God obligated to give me or you abilities and talents and strength that make it possible to learn and grow and become competent and discover a vocation and find a job, accumulate money or a house or land or machinery or recreational vehicles or whatever we have that we call our own. On one level, this parable drives to the heart of stewardship. God is a generous God and God has lavished gifts of abundance upon you and me gives us an honored place in creation as his managers. We are recipients of all kinds of undeserved gifts. What do you have that you did not receive? And the rest of that verse goes like this. And if you have received it, why do you boast as if it were not a gift? And then I must ask myself, well, what, what portion of these gifts that God has entrusted to me what portion of these gifts do I return to God as an offering of thanksgiving, as a joyful worship of God, honoring God for all of God's generosity? That's one level of this stunning parable. There's another level, too. When we study the Bible, oftentimes references to vineyards are references to work, the workplace of God. In Jesus, we learn that the grace and love of God was and is his work. It's about God's generosity and undeserved grace, which in the end rewards everyone the same. This is where the landowner teaches us all about the eternal kingdom, because God's will is to redeem the world, to buy back and bring back into his fold every idle, lost, and left out person. 
The first load of hay that I pulled behind Clayton's B. John Deere tractor was a fresh load of hay right from the field on the 40 at the intersection of 850th Street and 1325th Avenue. Only the street numbers weren't in use at that time. It was the field on the edge of the pine grove. Clayton gave me specific instructions to go in fourth gear, no higher than fourth gear on the road back to the farm. When I got to the hill at Ray Gilbert's farm, the old B. John Deere couldn't make it up the hill with that load of hay, not in fourth gear. It popped and popped and died, and I slammed on the brakes and started the engine again and pushed in the clutch, and the same thing happened. I tried a couple more times, and as I was in the midst of this repeated failure of these attempts to get the tractor to take that load of hay up the hill, Ray's son, Lynn, came running from the farm, jumped up on the tractor right beside me and advised me to shift the gear down to second gear to make it up the hill. Now, I will never forget that experience. I'll never forget that. Could Lynn have yelled at me from the barn or the house? Sure. But what would have happened? Nothing would have happened. Nothing would have changed. I would never have understood what he was yelling about. I would have never been saved from that predicament that I was in. I was stuck. I was inexperienced, 15-year-old town kid, and I didn't know what to do. What I needed was for someone to find me, to climb up into my predicament, take my place, make happen what I had no capacity to make happen. And this is what the landowner does for all those people he hired. These people were stuck with no work, no purpose, no income. He found them. He went to them. He helped them. He hired them. He gave them a life. And this is what God does in Jesus, right? Stops everything, enters human flesh, jumps into our lives, comes to us right where we are stuck and cannot help ourselves. Stuck in hopeless of a broken and hurting world to bring the boundless and gracious love of God to other people, to bring the good news of Jesus to everyone. In Jesus' parable, the only ones who had a problem with this gracious landowner were those who had been found by the landowner and given a purpose earlier in the day. Shouldn't they have been rewarded with more than those who were found and put to work at the end of the day? That question pops out, doesn't it? Faced with God's boundless love for the world, especially when it is given freely to others, our response to that question, whether we view our own work as something we have produced all by ourselves, or whether our work is the result of God's generous gift to us. And when that is true, joyful generosity springs from us. Graciousness, when we see that everything been a gift from God. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the times and ways we get caught assuming your kingdom works in the same way as the world's idea of fairness, where people are rewarded according to what they have earned or deserve. Grant us an awe and wonder that comes from discovering your fairness. Your fairness is seen in your mercy and grace, O oh God that Jesus Christ crucified and risen gives away mercy and love to all undeserved. And may your mercy 
instill in us a new way to see you and a new way to relate to others too. And we pray today for those who are victims of wildfires in the western states and victims of hurricanes in the south for relief and rebuilding of their lives. For firefighters and relief workers, healthcare workers, scientists, all the essential workers, grant protection and encouragement and energy. You are faithfully with us, O God, in the life of our communities and our city and our country. Be with our country at this time. Grant us an insight into your will that we might treat others with honor and dignity, that our communities might experience healing. Give health and wholeness to all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. We pray for those suffering from coronavirus and those from our community that we name before you. Colleen, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John, Barb, Song Hee. Grant healing. And we remember all those who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Myra Thompson. Comfort and bring them hope at this time. Risen Lord Jesus, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember those who have died, and especially those most dear to us. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope of that day we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. And now we pray the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.